according to the charity Missing People, uh, 250,000 people run away from home or go missing every year. Can you imagine that? A quarter of a million people, for one reason or another, run away from home. I guess a lot of those people that run away from home do so because relationships have broken down, because they don't feel accepted or welcome, or maybe like in the story of the lost son, they, they think there's something better somewhere else. The Christian story says that in all sorts of different ways, we run away from home. It says that in all sorts of different ways, we are lost through making wrong choices, through being caught in situations beyond our control. But the good news is that God has a big welcome for us. And that we can experience God's big welcome. And that's what we're doing this morning. This morning is called uh, the big welcome. Uh, today we're going to explore a story that Jesus told about that big welcome that God extends to us. Jesus tells this story because some of the religious people of his day were criticising him because he was welcoming people that weren't normally welcomed. And Jesus, responding to that, tells a series of three parables about the lost. He tells a parable about a, a woman with a lost coin. He tells a parable about a shepherd with a lost sheep. And then he tells this parable about a father with two sons. And this is a story about a father and two sons. And as, as we look at this story this morning, as we explore that story, I want you to be thinking about who do you identify with in this story? Do you identify with the father? Maybe you are a parent. Or do you identify with one of the two sons? Maybe you are a son or a daughter. Or maybe you've experienced similar things that the sons experienced. Be thinking as we look through this story about how, who you identify with. So let's, uh, let's get into this story. Uh, the story about the prodigal. And um, what, as we look at this story, there's, there's several things in this story that surprise me. Several things in this story that surprise me, and maybe they will surprise you too. And the first thing that I want to say this morning is that God allows you space. God allows you space to be who you are. God allows you space to be who you are. The younger son says to his father... Give me my share of the estate. Give me my share of the estate. When the younger son says to the, this to the father, um, most of us who are parents, we know that our children ask for ridiculous things, don't we? Hand up if you're a parent and you, your child has ever asked for you for something that's completely ridiculous or completely, you know, extortionate. Exactly. We're used to it. And what do we say? No. We say no, and we give it an explanation why. The first surprise in this story is that the father gives the son exactly what he asks for. Because we're so familiar with the story, we're not surprised by that, but we ought to be. 
This son is basically say, asking for his half of the inheritance. He's basically saying to his dad, I wish you were dead because normally you don't receive an inheritance till somebody dies. And so by the son asking for his father for his inheritance, he was saying to his father, I wish you were dead. It was a shameful thing for a son to do. And there's a surprise in which the father gives the son exactly what he asks for. In the message version of this story, it says that the younger son says, Can I have what's coming to me? Can I have what's coming to me? And I like the way the message puts that, because if the son knew what it was that was coming to him, he wouldn't ask for it. But that's what he does. And God allows us the space to be who we are. Henry Newman, commenting on this story, says, I am the prodigal son every time I search for unconditional love where it cannot be found. Why do I keep ignoring the place of true love and persist in looking for it elsewhere? Why do I keep leaving home where I am called a son? Why do I keep leaving home? God allows us space. God doesn't force us to remain at home. God allows a space to wander off. In case you didn't realise, in the story of the prodigal son, the father represents God. Jesus is saying to those people that are criticising, this is what God is like. God isn't like earthly fathers and mothers. God isn't like an earthly parent. He reacts in ways that shock us and surprise us. And here we're shocked and surprised that he allows the younger son, knowing full well, as all parents do, that our children are going to make a mess of things. And especially if we give them lots of money. Uh, you know, we see it, don't we? We see young footballers and young film stars who suddenly get loads of money and very often, sadly, they make a complete mess of their lives. They go out and do exactly what the younger son does and they spend it all on reckless living. And very often we read about it, don't we, in the Sunday papers about lives that have gone terribly wrong because of so much access. God allows us space to discover who we are. He allows us to go off if we want to and run away. Who hasn't ever thought that there must be something better than this? That there must be something better on the other side of town or somewhere else? That there must be something. And that's what the younger son thought. That's what he was looking for. And uh, off he goes. And uh, it's not long um, before all the money runs out. And uh, as the money runs out, so do the friends. And the son finds himself uh, working on a pig farm. Now, if you know anything about Jewish people, uh, you'll know that Jewish people don't eat or have anything to do with pigs. And so, when Jesus is telling this story to a Jewish audience, what he's saying is this guy had hit rock bottom. He couldn't have got any lower. He's ended up on a pig farm. And as he's, he's feeding the pigs... He starts to think, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. He sat there in the pigsty, surrounded by pigs and mud. And he says he longed even to eat the food that the pigs were eating. This is how low the sun had got. And it's at that point that he remembers home. He remembers his father. And he thinks to himself, you know... 
Even the hired hands on my father's farm eat better than I'm eating. He recalls what it is that he had lost. How often it is that we don't realise what we have. How often it is we look at other people's lives, don't we? And we think that they're living a much better life than us. We think that they've got so much more than we have got. And very often we don't realise what we've got. It's only when we get to a place where we've lost those things that we realise what it was we had. And the son now realises how good home was. All the things that he had at home. And this is where the son does something right. The son has an idea. He says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. In this parable we see a picture of what we need to do. First of all, the young son uh, decides to do something about the circumstances. He could have stayed in the pig farm and wallowed away and probably ended up with a, a miserable life. But he decides to do something about it. He decides to go back to the father. And then he, he does something that a lot of people find difficult to do. He admits that he was wrong. Anybody here find it difficult to admit that you're wrong? Have you got into arguments or conversations with your partners or families because you just can't bring yourself to admit that you're wrong? Have you noticed that politicians find it very difficult to admit that they're wrong? Have you noticed that people in general find it difficult to admit that they're wrong? And then here the son comes to this position where he decides to go back to the father but he, he comes to a situation where he admits that he is in the wrong. And this is the first step along the road to a relationship with God. It's getting into a situation when you realise that you're living the wrong way. And that you need to say that you are sorry to God. And this is what the younger son decides that he's going to do. He says, I've sinned against heaven and against you. He recognises that what he had done and the way that he'd been living had not only wronged his father, but he had sinned against heaven. That there was a bigger thing going on. That the way that he led his life, the decisions that he made, not only upset his father, but were causing upset in heaven. And he wants to do something about it. And so he admits that he's in the wrong. God allows us space to get things wrong. You know, once sometimes in church, uh, we're not very good at this. We want everything to be right, don't we? We don't like it when things go wrong. We want anything, everything to be perfect. We want you know, the, the service to run perfectly. We want our groups to run perfectly. And sometimes we have to allow people space to get it wrong. Because that's how, that's how I learn and that's how most people learn through by the mistakes. I've made hundreds of mistakes. Not just when I was younger, but even as a Baptist minister, I've made mistake after mistake after mistake. You're thinking, why on earth did we employ him? <laughs> Because you learn from your mistakes and hopefully you don't make the same mistakes. The good news is I'm making different mistakes now. <laughs> I'm not making the same mistakes I made previously. I'm finding new mistakes to make. But we learn from them and we move on and we grow. And the young God, that's what God allows us space to make mistakes. And so that we come to that place where we can say, I've got it wrong. And it's not an easy thing to do. Because very often our pride gets in the way. But if you want a relationship with God, then you need to admit, first of all, that you were in the wrong. And you have to say that you're sorry. And the son does that. 
And the second thing I want to say is this is, and this is a second surprise. This is a second surprise. God looks for your face. God is looking for your face. He's waiting for you to appear. He's longing to see your face. Says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. In other words, that's what his father had been doing every day since the younger son left home. His daily routine had include looking out in the hope that his son might return. When you think about the circumstances in which the son left the father, it's amazing. Most of us as parents would be annoyed. We get cross with our children, don't we, when they, when they, when they, when they make mistakes and get things wrong. And we can't wait to, 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 to say, I told you so. I knew you'd do this. But the father is longing for his son to return. And when he saw him, was he annoyed? Was he angry? No, it says he was filled with compassion for him. He was filled with compassion. Remember, this is Jesus telling the story to say, this is what God is like. God longs to see your face. You might not have realised it, but God was delighted when you walked into church this morning. He was delighted to see your face. Maybe it's not the picture that you've got of God. Maybe you've grown up with a picture of a God who's a bit like an angry parent, who's just waiting for you to slip up and so that he can punish you. It's a picture that's very often presented that this is what God is like. It's a picture that's there deep in our minds somewhere, that God's just waiting for us to slip up and then he's going to punish us. Jesus says, this isn't what God's like. When people who have messed up decide to come home, he's actually looking out for them to come home. And when he sees them, he's filled with compassion for them. This is what our God is like. God is looking for your face. And maybe you didn't realise it. But God is longing to see your face. And longing to see a face that's coming back to him. It gets better. It says that he ran to his son. Philip Yancey, in uh, in a video that some of us were watching uh, about this story, uh, talks about, you know, in in the time of Jesus, um, people, the, the, the more important you were, the slower you walked. It was very undignified. Remember, they would be wearing robes, and the important people walked very slowly through the marketplace. Uh, and for someone to pick up their robe and to start running was completely undignified. And yet this is what Scripture says, that the father ran to his son. It gets better. It gets better, this. Not only did he run to his son, he threw his arms around him and kissed him. This isn't the welcome that the son was expecting. Do you remember when the son was back in the pigsty and he was rehearsing what he was going to say? Have you ever done that when you're in a difficult situation? You've kind of rehearsed, how am I going to explain this? How am I going to talk my way out of this? I know I'll say this, I'll say that. And we rehearse, don't we, time and time and time again, what we're going to say. And then we get into the situation and then we've got our rehearsed lines. But the father doesn't react as the son is expecting. This is what God is like. We might not be expecting a good welcome. 
when we come back to God. We might be thinking, God's going to be really cross with me because I've made such a mess. And yet we have this wonderful picture of a God that is looking out, that runs to meet, and then throws his arms around and embraces. Do you know that's what God wants to do to you today? He wants to embrace you. He wants to wrap his arms around you and embrace you and say, I'm so glad you're here. I've been looking for your face. I've been waiting for you to show up. And now you're here. And he embraces you. Can you feel those arms wrapped around you this morning? Maybe that's what you need. You just need to feel God's embrace. Fantastic words. And then he kissed him. He kissed his son. He shows that affection. This isn't what the son is expecting. God is looking for your face. He's pleased with you. So many people grow up with this idea that God is cross with us. The Bible gives us a different picture. Jesus says, this is what our God is like. And then finally, God reserves a place for you. God reserves a place for you. Have you ever been to one of those, uh, <clears throat> you know, do's and, and there's some reserved places for important people? And of course they're not for us. You know, we join the queue and sit at the back and, and try and find a place. And we look at those people and we think, wow, they must be important because there are places reserved for them. Well, let me tell you this, God has got a seat for you. And it's got reserved on it. And it's got your name on it. God reserves a place for you. But it isn't what we expect. The younger sons rehearse this line and he's going to deliver it anyway. Because he's been, he's been practicing it all the way home. He's been practicing it. And he says, I've sinned against heaven and against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. There, I've said it. The next surprise. Because there's a place reserved for him, uh, it's almost as if the father's not listening. Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And you know what the most important words that the father spoke were? This son of mine. You see, the son thought he'd blown it. He was going back to say, Will you hire me as a servant? I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I've made such a mess. I know, I know what I've done. I know I've, I've blown it. I've lost it. And the father says, This son of mine. Maybe you need to hear God saying to you, This son of mine. This daughter of mine. Whatever you've done. Whatever a mess you've made of your life. Hear God saying to you, this son, this daughter of mine. Was lost and is now found. Not what we were expecting. Not what the son was expecting. This is the big welcome that God gives us. This is the big welcome that God extends to us. And he reserves a place for us. You know when Jesus was leaving the disciples and preparing them. He said, I'm, I'm going away uh, to prepare a place for you. There's a place for you in the kingdom of heaven. There's a place with your name on it. 
because God wants you to enter into that relationship with his son Jesus Christ not everybody was happy when the, uh, when the son returned the father's ready to, 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 to celebrate and to throw a party and it wasn't just the fatted calf that wasn't happy about the fact that the son was returning um, the older brother who let's remember had stayed at home you know working on the farm he'd been, he'd been digging all that time you know, you found it difficult just for a few moments to keep that up. But the older, the older brother, he'd been doing that all the time. The younger son was away partying. And what does the father do? His father went out and pleaded with him. Pleaded with him to come in. Pleaded with the older son to join in the celebration. And you know, sometimes in church... We're very much like the older brother. We don't always want to join in in what God is doing. We think that what we're doing is far more important than what God is doing. And sometimes we miss out on the celebration because we refuse to join in with the party that God wants to throw. We refuse to welcome the people that the Father welcomes. As far as the older brother was concerned, his younger son should be locked up and the key thrown away and punished. And you know, sometimes we're a little bit like that, don't we? We want to see justice. We want to see people, if they're going to come back, then they need to show that they're sorry. They need to earn their place back in church. We're not just going to allow them to come back in. And we take on that older brother syndrome. But the father goes out and pleads with the older son. And he says, my son, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. Do you remember we said the younger son, it was only when he reached rock bottom in feeding the pigs that he realised all those things that he had back in his father's house. Now the older son had stayed there and he had all those things but he didn't realise what he had. He didn't know what he had. And maybe he had to go off on a journey of discovery himself to discover what it was he had. And sometimes we don't realise what we've got in a relationship with God. We allow things to, to come into our lives and, and we allow things to, to blind us to what we have in a relationship with God. We forget what it was that God did for us in sending his son to die for us. We forget the fact that God promises so many things. Eternity. <clears throat> My son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Did you know that God says that to us? That everything he has he wants to share with us? But he wants us to join in the party. He wants us to join in the celebration. God reserves a place for you. God reserves a place for you. And that's where the story ends, and that's the other surprise, isn't it? That the story ends with this unsatisfactory ending. You know, it's like you've, you've watched a series on television for six weeks, and you say, is that it? Six weeks I've been watching this for two hours, and you finish it there, what about this, what about that? How does that end? How does this end? I wish I'd never watched it. Rob Bell's talking about how the story ends. He, he says this, he says, What an odd way to end a story. It is an odd way to end a story, isn't it? We want to know what happened, don't we? Uh, if the story was a film, it would end with the father's words and the camera would pan back, showing the party in the background. You'd hear clinking of silverware and laughter. 
and the thump of the bass drum on the dance floor and then the screen would fade to black and the credits would roll. Jesus leaves the story unresolved. We never find out what the older brother decides to do. Jesus doesn't give the story the proper Hollywood ending we've come to expect. And there's a reason why Jesus doesn't tell us the end of the story. Do you remember right at the beginning he asked you to place yourself in the story? And say, who do you identify with? Do you identify with the father, the older son, the younger son? Jesus is telling this story to a group of religious people and he's saying, you decide whether you want to come in and join the party. He finishes with a question mark. There is a place reserved for you, but the question is, how will you respond? Will you take up that place? What will you do? How do you respond to the invitation that God gives us to join this big welcome? Well, maybe you feel that you do need to respond. And uh, in the coffee lounge, we've got a, a table, big welcome table, and there's, uh, there's an opportunity. You could, you could sign up for the Alpha course that we're going to be running in October and find out about the meaning of life. It may be that you've already decided that today... You need to come back to God. Like the younger son, you've now been on a, on a disastrous journey and you know that things have gone wrong. You can also sign up for a, a baptismal course. There are people at the front who would willingly pray for you. How will you respond to the invitation, the welcome that God extends to us? How will you respond? Will you come home? When you came into a church, hopefully you were given a, a piece of jigsaw um, with a space on it to write. And uh, in a moment, I'm, we're going to play a song and uh, a little video will appear on the screen. Uh, but there's a prayer point at the front and there's a prayer point at the back. And uh, there's pens there and there's pins. And you can just write something on that card. It might be your response. It might be somebody that you want to pray for. It might be just your name because you want... Uh, you know, that place reserved for you. Write whatever you want on that card if you feel that it's helpful and, um, and go to the prayer place and just put that prayer on the wall knowing that God welcomes you back. Knowing that God accepts you. Would you do that? If you feel it's appropriate, do that as we play.